Hi, my name is Nikki, and welcome to Quick Picks, a reader's advisory podcast for all kinds of media available at the library. If you want suggestions on what to try next, we're here to help. Today I'm going to talk about one of my favorite seasonal themes, summer reads. I know good and well that not everyone wants a beach house chiclet book to entertain themselves, so I've tried to compile a handful of suggestions in a wide range of categories, with the hopes that there's something for everyone. But the one thing we can likely all agree on is what a summer read is. It's light or fair. No deep thinking required. Just coast along with characters we like on a ride that ends with closure and satisfaction. Whether it's thrillers, cozies, romance, or fantasy, we all want to have fun summer reads. The first category is literary fiction. The Keeper of Lost Things by Ruth Hogan. A clever story about an old man whose house is full of trinkets and jewelry and miscellaneous items that he found and kept with the hopes of reuniting them with the person who lost them. His assistant learns early on that she's inheriting his legacy as well as his unfinished business as she redefines her life's work and finds herself. It's a lovely story full of charm and will warm the reader's heart. Return to Valletto by Dominic Smith. If you're craving a vicarious trip to a historic and isolated village in Italy, this is the book. Other reviews use words like lush and evocative to describe it, and they're all spot on. It has World War II history in unexpected places, Italian culture and cuisine, family drama, atonement and redemption, and four elderly women who pull our protagonist this way and that in his search for truth, justice, and home. The Librarianist by Patrick DeWitt. In multiple timelines, we see the scope of one man's life and all the interesting and often sad happenings that defined him. Bob Comet is a sensitive man, observant and cognitive of subtle interactions between people around him, except when it comes to what to read to the senior home residents. He is an observer of life, not a man of much action, until he makes a shocking realization in the nursing home, and it alters him for whatever time he has left. The Gunkle by Stephen Rowley When a has-been, middle-aged actor takes temporary custody of his niece and nephew for the summer, we are witness to some really precious interaction and growth from all involved. A heartfelt story with a tiny hint of romance. One of my favorite themes for the summer reads is Cozies. The Little Old Lady Who Broke All the Rules by Katherine Engelman Sundberg. A Swedish novel about five elderly friends in senior housing who decide prison is a better place to live than their awful conditions. So they plan and carry out a series of wild thefts with some predictable and unpredictable results. This was charming and amusing while also pointing at the sad state of many elderly people in first world countries. Carlene O'Connor Books Confession, when I need a carefree book to read as a palate cleanser or to allow my head to drift around without much care, I love a good cozy mystery out of anywhere in the British Isles. Carlene O'Connor has three series that qualify, and they are Irish Village Mysteries, which has 10 in the series, County Kerry Mysteries, which has two, and Home to Ireland Mysteries, which also has two. Richard Osman Books. 
Thursday Murder Club is the first of three thus far published books in this series of hilarious characters and outrageous mysteries they involve themselves in. You will love them all as well as the cops they work with. And I cannot praise these books enough. I absolutely love them. Alan Bradley Books Flavia Deleuze stars in one of my favorite cozy series of all time. This precocious girl has a penchant for chemistry and poisons and solves mysteries along with her father's best friend and the estate gardener Dogger, who functions as a stand-in big brother parent for Flavia on her adventures. Her tempestuous sisters, the pastor and his wife, and the chief of police feature heavily as guidance for this young girl who doesn't act or talk like a young girl very often. Delightfully entertaining and has 10 books in the series. Rom-coms. Beth O'Leary books. My intro to Beth O'Leary was The Flat Share, which was sweetly amusing with a little darkness, but a completely unique story about two people sharing an apartment and a bed on opposing 12-hour shifts, don't meet, and communicating with lengthy post-it notes. I read The No-Show, which I had some issues with, but it was very well-loved by most readers, and The Road Trip, which was a decent story, but my favorite is The Switch, about a woman and her grandmother who trade their homes for two months and fulfill each other's responsibilities while connecting and reconnecting with people in important and life-changing ways. They're all sweet and they will all make you smile. Sophie Kinsella books are a good example of the genre itself. I haven't read, but friends rave about the Shopaholic series. I myself read Remember Me, which is a decent story about waking up with amnesia in a perfect life she can't remember getting. And I've Got Your Number, which I really liked, is kind of a comedy of errors wherein an engaged woman loses her ring, but finds a phone and becomes a de facto secretary for a corporate exec, communicating through text and emails almost exclusively while they're forging a romance. Lily Bennett's Bucket List by Katherine Dyson is a fun book about a woman who thinks she's uninteresting and she tries to improve her life by completing someone else's bucket list that she found in a grocery cart. She is also pretending to be this other person and she has to come clean about her truth when she meets the man of her dreams. If you're looking for something steamier, I have a couple recommendations for steamy romance. The Kiss Quotient by Helen Hong. This book was recommended as a fun romance with a neurodivergent character, but no one told me it was going to be steamy. No problem, just have to turn the speakers down in the car for some seats. It involves a woman with ASD hiring a male escort to teach intimacy that doesn't seem to come naturally to her, but she surprises herself many times over. Dorinda Jones Books. If you like sarcastic, sexy, smart-talking, sassy women, pretty much read anything by Dorinda Jones. I love the Charlie Davidson series and myself have daydreamed about Reyes, son of Satan and Charlie's partner, but she can handle him because she's the Grim Reaper. Together, they battle good and evil while solving murders with the help of a, a cast of living, dead and undead characters that you'll love. There are 13 books in the series, and when you're done and you miss Charlie so much you don't know what on earth to read next, read her other series, Betwixt and Between, and the Sunshine Vikram books. They're so much fun. Chicklet. Mad Honey by Joey Picote. This is a book you'll want other people to read so that you can talk about it with them. In fact, you'll probably want everyone to read it because there's a 
secret twist that happens midway through the book that will shock you and then turn everything on its head. It fires you up and ends up being a very heartwarming love story to remember for a long time. Saturday Night at the Lakeside Supper Club by J. Ryan Straddle. I had this in literary fiction, but my friend Eric, thank you again, Eric, reminded me that this is not indeed literary fiction. It is chiclet. And I did a reassessment, and so I have moved it to this category. This is my favorite of Straddle's books so far. And if you're from Minnesota or nearby, the local setting is fun. This book made me feel very nostalgic, and it's a nod and a send-off for dressing up for dinner for prime rib and a grasshopper at a cozy place that specialized in family Americana. There are multiple timelines following two women through good and bad times surrounding this supper club and all the people whose lives it touches. Mary Alice Monroe writes the Beach House books that defy the typical beach reads given the elderly and unusual female protagonists and all the fascinating information you learn about the ecology of the South Carolina low country. Sandra Dallas writes standalone novels about women who have lived throughout history in different states in the middle of the U.S., plain states, and the West. They're all moving stories of ordinary women and the people they care for and about their regions and various situations. If you like American historical fiction chiclets, this is for you. Leanne Moriarty books are character studies from the perspective of an Australian author. All her books have realistic and interesting women in unusual situations that test their grit and wit. What Alice Forgot, Truly Madly Guilty, and Apples Never Fall are my favorites, but I deeply love the book Big Little Lies, which was horribly dishonored with the TV show, so just ignore that part. I read every book that she publishes as soon as I can get my hands on them, and I don't even read what they're about first. Dude Lit. Reed Farrell Coleman writes the very thing I think of when I imagine Dude Lit, and the Gus Murphy series has it all. Biker gangs, drug dealers, crooked cops, conspiracy guns, violence and cruelty, darkness, noir, and a complicated protagonist whose humanity is dubious but wins out. The Last Flight of Polk Soul West by Daniel Torday. This book was such a study in what makes a hero and mentor to a young man. Uncle Polk Soul is a World War II survivor, a Jewish-British RAF pilot with stories of such heroic flights that it's impossible not to be caught up in the awe. Elijah adores Poxel, worships him, is his biggest fan in a growing contingency of huge fans. But when he's fallen from grace and disappears, how can a young man process the loss and betrayal? It's a great book about heroes and those who look up to them, of love and loss, of boys and men. The IQ series by Joe Ide. This is an edgy urban fantasy series with five books out as of now, where the main characters are also criminals. The descriptions made me laugh out loud, and the dialogue was clever and witty. It shocked me how much I liked our heroes, given the drug use, drug dealing, burglaries, and guns. But it was part of the setting in the background and the characters. It must be said that the narrator does such a spectacular job. I'm not sure it would have been half as good with anyone else. So listen to this one. Jim Butcher's been writing the Harry Dresden Files for 23 years. And they're the perfect mix of dude lit and paranormal mysteries. Oh, and they're set in Chicago. 
Enter one wizard for hire who consults with police on cases where things can't be explained, and then everything takes off from there. It's fun, dark, edgy, witty, violent, a little bit chauvinistic, but it's such a fun wild ride with such an unusual hero that it's well worth the time to dig in. The Alex McKnight Series by Steve Hamilton. If you know and have ever been to Paradise, Michigan in the Upper Peninsula, you probably already know about the Alex McKnight series because it's such a desolate area that any mention of it anywhere sparks a kinship to a club with few members. I personally love Paradise, Michigan, and thus needed to consume these Steve Hamilton books completely. The series starts in 1998, and the most recent publication was this year. It follows an ex-Detroit cop, Alex McKnight, catching bad guys from the sleepy town of Paradise, where he has retired after being shot and losing his partner. I can think of no series where our good guy gets beat up half as much as poor Alex, but he keeps on going and he has sporadic love interests. He is the quintessential macho, reluctant detective. Sci-fi fantasy. Ink Blood Sister Scribe by Emma Tors. This has a lot of hoopla around it lately, but I will tell you that I really enjoyed this book. It's a wild ride that went from Antarctica to England to Boston with magic and family drama and found family, betrayal, ambition, interesting characters, libraries and books, a little romance, and many kinds of guardians all rolled into one. Two sisters and their book collection, protecting each other, find way more magic than they ever knew existed, and portals to places with both friends and foes. It's a great adventure. The Binding by Bridget Collins. This is a Romeo and Juliet historic fantasy gay romance that has so many facets of interesting plot lines that I was invested fully and not put off by the classist society or the barbaric inhumane behaviors of the upper class. It's well written and the characters are real and sympathetic and maybe it says something about society and humanity that defies time and dimensions. Good Omens by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. I have read this book multiple times and watched the superbly done series twice as well. It's great fun, witty, clever, and one of those unlikely alliances slash bromances that will make you love both the demon Crowley and the angel Aziraphale. The hilarity revolves around the two inept reps who mess up the apocalypse and are tasked with setting it back on track. But this is going to ruin their fun, so instead work to thwart the end of the world. It's a highly quotable and beloved story that will appeal to the hedonists in all of us. The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich The premise of this book will make you think and maybe make you want to discuss it with other readers, but it's still a great summer read. One day, people start receiving a box at their front door, and inside is a string. After much analysis, they realize the string is a representation of how much life is left for them. Some people have short strings and some long, and it upends all prejudices in the world, boiling everything down to the short or, sh- short or long string in society. Would you even open the box knowing what it contained? How would it change your life? It's a fascinating read. House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune. Have I gushed about this book enough yet? I so loved it. 
Whether you're a kid person or not, you're going to love the residence at the orphanage that Linus is investigating and their caretaker, Arthur. I laughed, I cried, I was moved, and I championed the Antichrist and a were-Pomeranian, a murderous gnome, a hoarder wyvern, a magical sprite, and a mysterious sea creature. The book had such heart, really sweet, really charming, and really fun. Please, if you do audiobooks, listen to this one. The narrator is absolutely fantastic, and his voice for Chauncey is still in the happy part of my brain. Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies by Heather Fawcett. This is a fun but dark, fanciful, quirky story with the romantic streak running through it. Emily, who is not a people person, is studying fairies to write a definitive book with all of the collected knowledge available. Wendell, her colleague in competition, who has all the charming gifts with people that she lacks, but a lazy work ethic, crashes her trip and tells her he's there to help. Magic and the fae and romance and mysteries rolled into one tale, and it's worth a delve for lighter summer reads. For purists, it was respectful to local lore instead of modern fairy tales and disnified retellings. One of my favorite subjects since I was a kid is Greek mythology. In high school, we had a mythology bee like others might have a spelling bee, and I was the winner, which did nothing to spare me my nerd reputation. Lately, an abundance of novelized stories from Greek mythology are available, and so many are awesome. Circe by Madeline Miller. Also by her, the son of Achilles. Clytemnestra by Costanza Cassati. Psyche and Eros by Luna McNamara. Atalanta by Jennifer Saint. House of Names by Colm Toivin. There are so, so many, and it has rejuvenated my interest in these classic stories that I love so much. Many of us are not about the fluff for summer reading. We still love our mysteries and thrillers, so here you go. The Hawthorne and Horowitz Investigate series by Anthony Horowitz is a unique blend of funny and crime-solving where the author has written himself as the main character. He is a begrudging ghostwriter for books written about an obnoxious but bright detective in the cases that he solves. There are four books in the series so far, and I look forward to many more. All the Sinners Bleed by S.A. Cosby is not for everyone. Most of the time, if someone is looking for something good, juicy, in the mystery thriller genre with some grit, I rave about this guy. But this book tackled a subject that no one wants to think about too much for too long. So if you can stomach the beginning and get to the solving of the actual mystery, you're good. This is a doozy. Everyone in My Family Has Killed Someone by Benjamin Stevenson is a cast of interesting characters in Ernie's family who are all strong suspects in this outrageous story that had me stopping every so often to text hilarious quotes or ideas to friends. Ernie's wife invoices him for time spent with family, and the cost could be an ice cream or a fancy Italian meal, depending on the sister's mood, what she's selling, how long his wife had to smile and nod at her. The second book will be out sometime this year, and I am happy it is becoming a series. On a Quiet Street by Serafina Nova Glass really kept me wrapped with anticipation. It starts out with domestic violence, death, 
and adultery on this quiet street. But the women get together and they start getting their vengeance and it turns into quite a nail biter. Harlan Coben books are becoming wildly popular in large part because of the following his shows have garnered here and abroad. They're gritty, they push people to their absolute limits, and the twists are usually awesome. These are a perfect summer read for sheer thrills alone. Sally Hepworth books are new to me, thanks to another great suggestion from Michelle. Thanks again, Michelle. She writes interesting character studies mixed in with mystery where someone usually has a personality disorder or a mental illness or is neurodivergent, and you don't always know right away. I eat these books up in a single Saturday if I find new ones. Peter Swanson's books involve a little more thinking, but they're wild rides. A little brutal, but fast-paced, head-scratching mysteries that are nods to genre classics like Agatha Christie. Jane Harper is another one I will automatically read without knowing anything about the book, and she has standalones as well as the Aaron Falk series. What I love about her books is the landscape features so heavily in the stories that they're practically a main character themselves. Whether it's the harsh Australian outback or the rocky coast, it's all extremely relevant to the struggles and the crimes in her books. And she does a bang-up job with her character development as well. If you're craving some fun summer nonfiction to read, I've got a couple of those as well. Soul of an Octopus by Cy Montgomery. This book provides a lot of observations and scientific information about the passions, intellect, and personalities of animals many never consider, like sea stars and fish and octopuses. As a huge fan of octopuses, it was great for me to read this. It was also heartbreaking because every giant Pacific octopus only lives a couple years. So you get to know several throughout the story as they live their lives, die, and then you get to meet a new one. But like all connections we make in life, these creatures are important, impactful, and beautiful in so many ways. I truly loved every bit of this book. Things My Son Needs to Know About the World by Frederick Bachman. I've talked about this book before, but if you're looking for a quick, simple read that will both make you laugh out loud and shed a few tears, get this one. It's sentimental as well as poignant in a way that will tickle you. For instance, he preaches about the importance of starting a band, whether you're musical or not. It's a crucial life lesson you'll take with you forever. Mr. Bachman always has wisdom and sensitivity in spades, and this is a prime example. Many memoirs are out there to keep you company in the summer sun. As You Wish by Carrie Elwes tells the story of the actors and the making of my favorite movie, The Princess Bride, and instills a deeper love of Andre the Giant than you might have ever had before. Tina Fey's Bossy Pants, Hyperbole and a Half by Allie Brosh and her other book, Solutions and Other Problems, and Anything by David Sedaris, A Walk in the Woods by Bill Bryson. I've read this book so many times, and I can laugh out loud just when I think about the description of the ineptitude of a moose or a first-time Appalachian trail hiker going in so confident and coming out two days later with a bobcat on their head. He has so many moving and poignant things to say about America, as well as comedic stories of the misery and mistakes they made. This book will make you long for outdoor adventures. Mary Roach writes books that tell you in cold and funny detail how things work. Ever wonder what happens to a person in the morgue after death? 
read stiff. How about all the weird and wonderful things your digestive tract does? Try gulp. How about the medical mysteries no one talks about that going to war dishes out on a body? Then read grunt and be prepared to learn way more than you wanted to know about diarrhea in combat. If you're looking for funny writing about sciencey things you aren't expert in, or maybe even are, read Mary Roach books and be both entertained and delighted. That's my list for summer reads this episode. Hopefully there's something in there for everybody. If not, stay tuned next month when we will have more other interesting books. And that brings this episode of Quick Picks to a close. We hope you join us next time for more suggestions in different genres and maybe different media. My name is Nikki, and Quick Picks is coming to you from the Round Lake Area Public Library in Round Lake, Illinois. The end.